Okay, three, two, one. Welcome to This Is How We Feel, Hello. each week we take a piece of media and tell you how we feel. This week, I'm your host, Ryan R. Dizzle. I'm here with Justin Baby J. Baby J in, the, in, the, in his house. And today we're going to talk to you about Superbad. Of course, as always, before we get into it, let's hear from Taylor for the Taylor Bachelor Breakdown. Taylor, what you got for us this week? Taylor's Bachelor Breakdown. Take it away, Tay-Tay. Her name's T. Padula, and she's here to say, this is The Bachelor in a crazy way. Okay. Your time starts now. Peter has to pick his top four ladies this week to take to hometowns. Madison gets the first one-on-one, and Peter tells her that he's falling in love with her. That one girl goes home. I liked her, but I can't ever remember her name. She's way too good for the show. Somehow, Kelsey makes a comeback and is headed to hometowns. Three-on-one time, not as fun as it sounds. Hannah Ann writes Peter a love note that proves she's slightly stuck in high school. Victoria P. cries and belittles Peter, and yet she still gets a rose. Kelly was way too confident going into this date. She's at home for not being crazy enough, and Hannah Ann locks in the first in final rows. Spoiler alert, Madison. Time's up. Damn. Spoiler alert. Thanks, Taylor. And that was Taylor's Bachelor Breakdown. I am sick of The Bachelor. When is the show over? How many seasons do they get? Do they just always find new bachelors? Well, here's how she, this is how she described it to me. So it's like, uh, it's like they have a season of The Bachelor and then they do like bachelor in paradise which is like an island virgin so version what? of it so like all the people that were so all the girls of are virgins virgin no what? oh did oh, i gotcha, say virgin gotcha. <laughs> you messed up and said virgin so it's like what survivor it's saying? like the survivor oh. round of bachelor where they all get voted yeah. off the island exactly except there's multiple groups of boys i think what? and multiple groups of b- girls and they can just fuck whoever whenever whatever then there's the bachelorette or oh, maybe it's the bachelor and then the bachelorette and then the bachelor uh, in paradise maybe that doesn't that's what sound it is. as much of a dating show that, that it does of just like a, a porn industry it's just really just everybody getting together and fucking for reality tv show is what it is well, either way, it's a mess, and I don't, I'm not sure it's my cup of tea. Yeah, even the last week and every week before that, you were like, I can't wait to watch Bachelor. Yeah, I've gone 180 on that one. 180, Turned right another around. one. We started with the hate, and we, we went to the love, and then we're back to the hate again. I'm over it. I'm yeah, sick of it. Maybe by the end of this podcast or by the end of the season, <laughs> I will be back on the train. But Which is, right by now, the way, like season 26 or something like that. Tuck and rolled right out that train. So before we get into uh, Superbad a little bit here, because we are going to dive straight in, um, I do want to uh, talk about two things. The first thing I'd like to talk about, obviously, we need you guys to comment, share, like, subscribe. Tell us how you're feeling about this because we tell you how we feel, but you need to tell us how you feel so that we can make this a little bit more of a pleasurable experience for you. Yeah, let's make it a conversation. Exactly, a conversation. Second point of business here. Last week, our trusty host, um, Justin Venus Baby J, neglected to input our new rating system into his show. So we'll have to go back and re-rate Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, 1990. I mean, we can't just settle that it was a 10 out of 10? <laughs> no, we're not going to settle on a 10 out of 10, <laughs> unfortunately. 
No, it wasn't a 10. But what yeah, are, we definitely have to revisit that. I've forgotten our criteria. Do you remember our criteria? Likeability, accountability, and engageability. So we're going to start with likeability. How much did you like it out of 10? Oh, I loved it. I'm going to give it a 9. I'm not going to give it a 10 because admittedly this, I remember liking the second one a little bit more. Had a little bit more of that action right, that I I'll liked agree as a with kid. You. Yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'll give it a solid 9. All right. I'll give I'll 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 you know I'll stand with you on that. I was gonna give it an eight, but you don't want you, I don't want to make you come down to my level. I'll go up to you. I'll make it a nine. That's fine. All right, cool. Execution. Did this movie do what it set out to do? Um, I'm gonna give that a solid nine as well. Ooh, I was gonna drop down to an eight just really? because they they. I don't know. I'm, I can't really point to something specifically, but just an overall feeling. I feel like it could have been a little bit more bombastic cool you know young crowd i, I feel see like what you're saying on the second one i was like this is fun i see why i liked it as a kid but i wasn't like oh i for i remember this is the goat it I wasn't see, the goat right i i see what you're saying and, and and i do agree with you but i think that um your argument lends it more toward towards a nine than it should because in reality when you look at it in context it was made in 1990 it's a movie about the teenage mutant ninja turtles the lighting was great you know, mm-hmm. they they the they sets took were great. they say it's were great. They took they they executed the origin story of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in a good manner. I I don't agree with a lot of the choices they made towards the in the story at least, but right. But giving the give it, what it made what it was made to do is introduce the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles into a to live action movie audience. mainstream audience. Yeah, and I yep. think in that sense, it executed well. Yeah, you turn me around. I'm going to bump it up to a nine. Great. We're going to go with nine for that one. Engageability. Was I engaged? I'm going to say probably the most engaged out of all the movies, but I st- yeah. but I still wasn't as engaged as in watching like a serious movie. Yeah, there were times where I was kind of zoning out. Um, there was like the action scenes. Um, I'm definitely spoiled by like the Marvel and the DC and all the exactly, modern yeah. action films. Every so fight like, scene, the- I looked away. I was like, okay, great. This is fantastic. Can't wait for this to be over. Yeah, it wasn't like they all had their own fighting style. They all did cool stuff. It was like, all right, now it's a cool little funny fight, you know? Right, yeah. So I'll give that an eight. Yeah, eight as well. All right, so what is that, 26? Nine, nine, eight. Probably like an 8.7 then, right? Um, I don't know how to do math. My math is telling me 8.7. Eight. Oh, you did the math? In my head, yeah. Oh, well, I'm going to go with that and say it's an 8.7. All right. So. 8.7 sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, I like that. 8.7, I'm not bad about it. Here, let me. I, I'm hoping TMNT two kind of bumps it up into like a it nine. Got the same rating. Territory. It got the same rating that we gave. Click. Um, that sounds appropriate. Yeah. It did its job. It yeah. did its job. I agree. It did with it you. pretty well. I agree with you. All right, now to talk about what we're here for. Drum roll, please. Super bad. Super bad. Oh my god, I fucking love this movie. We had such I was a great time watching so it. So much fun. Mm-hmm. It's it was a fun a great movie. Rewatch. Yeah, we we found we found recently in, in our in our podcast here that Justin likes to choose um children movies that make it a little bit difficult for us to talk about, and then I like to choose fun movies that have a very weird place in 2007 and it's very specific yeah. it's very niche <laughs> it is very specific i usually go towards what's nostalgic what's, right you know what i remember as a kid yeah. explaining why i remember it and and, and, the, and those are those are my, my favorite head. ones because i like get to relive that you know like i pretty much remembered yeah. everything that happened in super bad but you know it's just it, it's um i'm taking the easy way out i'll say it yeah these are more enjoyable to watch, but it's not exactly leaving a hard, long-lasting impression on. Right, you. we're not, we're not, we're not bringing any insight into the Judd Apatow universe by talking about Superbad right now. Right. So the movie was released in 2007. It also uh, took places in in 2007, which is cool. Um, it was directed by Greg Motola. 
um, which he also directed Adventureland, which I talked about last week. He also wrote Adventureland, Ooh. which is fun. Whoa, yeah. I love that movie. That was very in theme. Like when it came out, I don't know what year that came out, but it was very in theme what was going on in my life. It was a very mm. like yeah. semi-angsty, teenage, summer, summer right jobs college. type of thing. What am, yeah. I gonna do? what am I gonna do with my mm-hmm. life after high school kind of movie? I feel that. It was very like laid back, but still kind of serious. Like it had all that Kristen Stewart, Ryan Gosling drama. Exactly. Oh god, I I really like that movie, so it really explains why I like uh, this guy's stuff. That was Ryan Gosling, wasn't it? Oh, it sure was. I didn't even. Isn't that weird? Well, wait, no, it's Ryan Reynolds. Oh, Ryan Reynolds? No way. Yeah, it's Ryan Reynolds. It's not Ryan Gosling. Yeah, it's Ryan Reynolds. Are you gonna look it up? Do I have to wait for you to look it up? I am looking it up. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, great. Like I'm gonna be wrong. Like I'm gonna be wrong. It's Ryan Reynolds. He fi- he fixes the stuff at the eventually. Wow. Oh, man. He's so hot in this movie. Yeah, it is Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Wow. How did I get that wrong? I, I, don't know. I was just thinking of another hot, young another Ryan. actor with yeah. the same kind of hair and mm-hmm. the same kind of same Ryan name. first name. Mm-hmm. Well, close enough. Well, anyways. Um, Not really. Yeah. So he wrote, he wrote and directed Adventureland. Um, he also directed Paul in the movie Keeping Up with the Jonases. It was produced by Judd Apatow and Judd Apatow Studios, which it, you know is famous for all the movies that Judd Apatow makes, all these Seth Rogen comedies, um, mm-hmm. a couple Ben Stiller comedies, stuff like that. You know, now this film was actually written by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, so they're a writing duo. They write a lot of movies together. Um, I think they wrote Pineapple Express. They wrote this movie. They wrote a bunch of Seth Rogen's um, movies. Mm-hmm. This film was actually written by them in their teen years, um, and it's actually loosely based on their own experiences as seniors in Vancouver in the late nineties. Knew it. Yeah, I knew that that um, Jonah Hill was playing Seth Rogen. Yeah. Once I, I I was like, wait, Seth, Seth Rogen is obviously in the movie. This is very like akin to what he would be like when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely feel that. I love. Yeah. That. So that's why their character names are Seth and Evan. There, it's a little homage to the. Do fact I know that it's who Evan Goldberg is? Is that like a famous person that I should um, be recognizing, I don't know. or is you, it more you, like a writer? Yeah, you, you, you know, you've you've watched and loved almost probably all of his movies because him and Seth yeah, have written. Face wise, yeah. I don't recognize this guy. Yeah, I don't think. But okay. You would. So in 2009, when they were at an event panel, um, they said that Fogel was actually also a real friend of Rogan and Goldberg. Um, mm. Yeah, Rogan actually wanted to play Jonah Hill's character Seth, um, but he was so much bigger, and uh, you know, he, he his age was obviously way different, so he just played one of the police officers. Wow, um, was Jonah Hill doing a lot before this movie? Because I want to say this really shot him up there. I want to say that this really made his career. No, it def- I don't know if that's def- true. This is the first thing I remember Jonah Hill in, but I can't. Th- I mean, he was in Click. The well, he was same, in Click. That the is same true. year. It wasn't a lead role, but he was in Click. He was in Click the same year, yeah, so I don't know. And I think that also had something to do with... I think Judd Apatow worked on Click a little bit, too, so that makes sense. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. But, um, so, uh, yeah, film actually took seven years to complete because they started scripting in, like, 2000. I mean, like, they wrote the story while they were still teenagers, but they started scripting in 2000, and they didn't film until 2006, 2007. That is a very, very common thing with all of Seth Rogen's... um, all of his work like he has always said like oh i wrote this when i was in high school and then we yeah and then we just decided to to do it <laughs> yeah so uh, like i'm not surprised yeah. everything everything like freaks and geeks i was i started watching that and i saw a little behind the scenes and like they have been doing that since forever yeah it's good to see that he's able to you know call back to his earlier work and do it in in nowadays yeah. you know and like that only that only means that the new stuff that he's writing is going to be bomb because if if this is what he was writing when he was a fucking teenager can you only imagine right so before yeah, I can't imagine I can't imagine writing, writing a full script when you're a teenager and then eventually being able to make that into real life. That's that's really awesome. No, not at all. Yeah. 
So, um, just a brief summary before we go into the plot here. Um, it's two high school best friends who are best friends forever. Jonah Hill and best Michael Sarah have Seth and Evan. Right. Go on a mission to provide alcohol for a graduation party in hopes of losing their virginity. I'll say that sentence to describe the movie is pretty spot on. Although that is very spot on. Although I would I would I would add like hilarity ensues or something at the end because obviously that's like just the backbone of what's happening. You know. Right. Yeah. Because like they're going on a mission to get the alcohol. That's like probably like the first half of the movie. The rest is trying to deal with that fucked up mission like the mission that never went through the mission that failed exactly exactly all right let's get into this plot a little bit so we open up and we got seth driving over to evan's house we know that seth Mm. and evan are about to graduate from high school they've been best friends for a year but they face an uncertain future we know that evan has been accepted to dartmouth which is a very very prestigious school but seth yeah dartmouth but Seth, um, unfortunately, doesn't have the brains as Evan, and he has to go to a local state university. Mm-hmm. Both boys are notably horny from the beginning. But <laughs> oh God, it's so awkward. It is. This is like, this is. I know it was filmed the same year as Click, but it has so much more of that two thousands like slapstick. Yeah. They really just like were like, all right, guys, y'all can say whatever the hell you want. Well, I wouldn't be as say vulgar as possible. Yeah, I wouldn't say slapstick so much, but they are like the profan. It's very high school profanity, and that's I enjoy yes. it. It's like real. It's real life, you know. Yeah. It's very true to nature. It's like so vulgar that it kind of catches you off guard and kind of makes you laugh in that way. Not that it's funny because of how vulgar it is, but it's funny of like how can you really create what a fucked yeah. up sentence, you, you know? You like you like forget that they're even cursing after a while, and but then like every once in a while they'll say like sucking. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want them to think I I suck dick at fucking pussy. And it's like, let's yeah. like, what is that <laughs> sentence? know and they say it so like smoothly and just go right into the next one it's like just like a, a lingo like a little language of their own yeah i bet seth rogan and um and his evan, evan goldberg i bet they had a fun time working with them on how to yeah. be more like them in high school they really went to town and jonah hill really embodied that character oh, like yeah. michael sarah would say something kind of weird every now and then but jonah hill would deliver those fucking lines honey yeah and deliver one after them. the other and fast as hell and non-stop he's great that's the, and he's yeah. he's like that in a lot of his movies but i i like it i enjoy it and i i like how um the synopsis said that it's like uh trying to do this in hopes of losing their virginity because that's such a common coming of age story you know like mm-hmm. oh let's all lose our virginity by the end of the year but it's yeah. not overtly you know let's make a pact to lose it you know they're trying to lose it, but it's not like that's, you know, this is the plot of the movie, guys. Right. It's very much like hidden in. It's like very organically worked in. Exactly. So no matter how horny they are, they're still virgins. And it's kind of like eminent how horny they are because on the very first scene, you see Seth driving up to Evan's house and he calls Evan to talk about which porn site he should subscribe to. Oh, yeah. And being as... Perfect 10, bang bus, vagtastic. Right. And um, the reason... The whole uh, reason why he he has a dilemma with this is because he needs to choose one that will, because his parents can see his uh, his his, bank, his account. bank account bill. So he needs to choose one that doesn't have a, a saucy name. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't mean to imply that this film is in any way, shape, or form subtle, but it's not screaming the theme or the plot at you. It's just right. like vulgarly giving you what they're doing, which leads into the next action, which leads into the next scene. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so he's driving up, picks him up, they go to school. Well, first they stop at, uh, well, they park at the school, and then they walk to a local convenience store, 7-Eleven, yeah. Yeah. They get some snacks, they go outside, and we find out that they're not very popular because 
obviously during the conversation they say how much they're virgins and how how Evan only got or Seth only got a hand job and three quarters of a blowjob from a girl three quarters, that he dated. Right. Correct. Right. Correct. And um, so we know that they're losers. We know that they're not great. But to rub it in a little bit, to add insult to injury, they go outside and get spat on by a, I don't know, I wouldn't call him a popular kid, but I guess he's a popular kid. It kind of like shows just how low on the social ladder they are. They're not getting picked on by cheerleaders and football guys because that would be too easy. They're getting picked on by the weirdos smoking outside the gas station. The normies. The guy with the... the mullet and the thin Harry Potter glasses Ugh. next to two other weird looking guys. No. This guy hawks the... I I have never liked loogies growing up. I never understood why guys would just spit everywhere. If they were outside, they would just spit on the ground. I'm like, people... like Everybody goes about their day without spitting on the ground. So mm-hmm. why do you feel like you need to get rid of the saliva in your mouth by spitting it visibly? And this guy hawks the most disgusting loogie I've ever seen at him. I mean, just I want to... Wanna- like, <laughs> I want to come in defense. How low these guys are? No, I want to come in defense. Um, I spit on the ground sometimes. Sometimes, you know, I gotta, I gotta phlegm. I gotta get it out, man. I don't know what to tell you. No, I absolutely disagree with you. I'm so sorry. What are you supposed to do with it? You're supposed to swallow it, Justin. That's you're putting bad stuff back in your body. I didn't want to say the word swallow, but you don't spit it. Like that's so disgusting. Okay, so I'll just keep it in my mouth and swish it around my teeth. Is that what you want? You want to swish my phlegm (laughs) around your teeth, Justin? I'm not saying don't swallow it. I just didn't want to say swallow it. No, but no. it's implied that everybody else swallows it. All right. Look, when you're in the sink, right, and you're brushing your teeth, and you got all that toothpaste all over your mouth, do you spit it out into the sink? Oh, that's hazardous toothpaste that you shouldn't be swallowing. And what is phlegm, phlegm Justin? And what mucus is phlegm? are not hazardous. It, your they, body makes it, and when you swallow it, your body breaks it down and uses it again. Look, I'm not a scientist, Justin. I'm just saying, when I'm sick and I cough up a lung and it's yellow and that phlegm, that's not that's not good things in my body. I want that out. I'm yeah, I'm well. hawking a loogie onto the floor. Regardless, well, he sh- okay. he hawks right. he hawks a solid loogie onto this dude's so shirt, nasty. and I will it was agree so with you solid there. Solid that it doesn't drip at all. It lands right where it lands. Yep, it lands right where it's gonna land, and that's it. That's the end of the story. Uh, they say he's not grad. They're not invited to this graduation party, and uh, that's pretty much it. Now we do know that Seth and Evan have some female classmates that they are attracted to. Mm-hmm. Seth is pretty sure that Jules, who is played by Emma Stone, who is famous for a million things, gorgeous woman, not gonna go into it. So charming. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure that Jules has returns his interest. Um, but Evan is oblivious to the fact that Becca who was played by Martha McIsaac, who I don't know anything that she's in, and I didn't do research on her, um, nope. wants to get with him. Oh, Becca. She has oh, no, poor Becca. He has no idea. Watching this movie over again, once I saw Becca in her normal state, I was like, oh, honey, <laughs> you're about to get so drunk. Yeah, poor thing. It's like two different characters at that point. Yeah, she gets sloshed. And it's so like, wow, Evan is so oblivious because she was feeling Evan so hard. Her eyes lit up. When she saw him, she was like, hey, are you coming to this party? You know, maybe you can come come over. She's doing all the right things, doing all the little hair flips and batting her eyes. Yeah. Yeah, she she obviously wanted it. And uh, he uh, is oblivious the entire time. So it's great. And it's not the first time this kind of cringy comedy is coming into effect. It's already been in full effect the whole movie. But this is one of those scenes where you're, it's like no music. It's just quiet. Mm-hmm. It's just two characters going back and forth, and you feel such an awkward tension between them. Yeah, and it's it's mostly just because she's like obviously flirting, and he's like, well, I'm I'm just trying to not hang out. I just uh, I party, uh, I party. Yeah, I go to sophisticated parties. I just well, don't you know, go to. It was such a rager. Me and my buddies were like fucking it up. Yeah, um, and on the other hand, um, Seth 
and Emma Stone, there's chemistry going back and forth. They're both into each other, but he's blind to how into him Emma Stone is. Right. It's not as yeah, obvious. Thinks- it's nowhere near nowhere near as obvious as Becca, but she's definitely into him. They're, they got some chemistry. They yeah. got some back and forth banter. He thinks that the only way she would ever get with him is if she's intoxicated, which is almost exact opposite of the truth. But we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Right, right, right. Basically, the boys are talking, and, you know, Seth knows that Evan likes Becca, but mm-hmm. he brings it up, and then Seth is like, man, fuck Becca. Becca's a bitch. She's and Evan's bitch. like, you know what? I'm sick and tired of you calling this girl that I like so much a bitch. Mm-hmm. And then he's he's got to spill the beans at that point. Goes, why do you why, why do you, do you really hate, hate Becca, Becca so much? Seth goes, all right, man. Chill the fuck out. Let me tell you a story. So basically, to, to surmise it, Seth had an addiction to drawing penises and... Becca happened to unfortunately see one of those drawings because of an accident that happened and she was trying to be a nice person and pick up his drawing. But she ratted on him. He got told to the principal and he never drew a dick again. But because of that, Seth hates Becca. And she and he thinks that she threatens their close relationship that Evan and Seth share. They never really followed up with that one. I know if if you're listening to this pod, if you've ever seen Super Bad, you know the dick scene. They never really follow up with that does becca actually remember seth as a dick drawer does he does does she hold that against him was it just a weird thing as a kid and she kind of forgot about it it seems like everyone else has forgot about it except for seth right i mean we don't know how public it was made we just know that she screamed and then it showed him in the office so even if it was only becca even if it was only becca who's seen does does she actually feel some type of way for him to feel like Becca is a bitch? Well, the you way the, I feel like the reason he feels like Becca is a bitch is because he had like he got to deal with all the consequences of having drawing the dicks, like right. like the principal was a was a religious zealot or something. He was a re- not a zealot. That's the wrong word. He was a mm. religious freak, and um, oh, he, freak is a much better well, word. Well, you know, <laughs> I don't care. He's a religious. He's a very religious man. He was a religious dude who made him basically go into therapy because he thought the devil was in him, the dick devil, the dick devil. Yeah, yeah. that Anyways. was very visual, yeah. very visual scene. That, of course, what was it? Two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. I was eleven at the time. This was my cup of tea. This was my jam. This was my my morning cup of coffee. That yeah. shit had me in tears as a kid. You know, I don't know how everyone else felt about it. <laughs> you were probably. Older, if you were older, maybe you were like, I can't believe they're showing this nowadays, you know? No, yeah, that was that movie when I was a kid was hilarious. I can't. So fucking funny. This was groundbreaking. So we see um, them at home ec, and uh, Jules invites Seth and Evan to their graduation party, basically. And then their painfully nerdy friend, Fogel, walks in that he and says that he's about to get a oh, fake God. ID. So Fogel so is actually appeared by Christopher Mintz-Place. Place. Christopher Mintz-Place. We know him from a bunch of stuff. He's in that um that uh, Role Models movie, I think. Think. he's in oh um, yeah he is he's in pitch perfect and that's another quotable line chicka chicka yeah yeah we're gonna make a remix of that song i love that i love the chicka chicka fake id fake id i love it so um so fogel says that he's about to get a fake id and mm-hmm. Seth hears that and is like, hmm, I'm going to get mm-hmm. alcohol for Jules's party. Because at this point, obviously, he only thinks that Jules wants him. Jules will only be able to want him if she is drunk. And not exactly. only that, instead of using the charm and charisma that he already has been using on her to make her 
like him. He thinks that actions will will do something for him at this point. Exactly. And uh, so because Becca's also going to the party, he thinks that they're going to fuck. As Seth and yeah. Evan are going to fuck tonight. They are going to yeah. lose their virginities. Yep. This is that moment in every teenage mu- movie. This is the moment, guys. We got to plan it out so we can lose our virginities right. so that in college. We cannot suck dick at fucking pussy. And it's at this point that things start to go immediately wrong. This is kind of the reason I like this movie so much because it is a coming of age story, but it's also kind of an underdog story in the sense that they have every single thing in their night go wrong and somehow still are able to make it to the party. Mm-hmm. But it's also kind of a realistic movie because at the time that they actually make it to the party, they still don't get what they want. But let's we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll talk about it a little bit right. later. So basically, things start going immediately wrong. They get back to where Seth Carr was parked, and they find out it's it's towed because he parked in the Falcon Deep parking lot. And that's one of those where also their actions lead right into the next one. Like right. it, ha- it was a passing comment, like hey, you can't park here. That's the faculty thing. And of course, uh, Jonah Hill, being Jonah Hill, being Seth in this movie, he was like, I don't know, fuck, yeah, parking over here. It's and then true that their actions are the things that bring them to their problems most of the time. I'll agree with that. Yeah. And it was also because of Seth's overconfidence and not giving a fuck about anything else. He's very selfish at this point in the movie. It's because of that that things go wrong. Right. Yeah. So Seth's car is towed. And then Fogel arrives, and we see his fake ID, and they and Seth and Evan are just so mad because he's printed the name McLovin on it. One word. Only McLovin. One, one name. Word. Nothing else. Not only that, but he also put himself as 25. Oh, my God. And when I was looking at it, it said, um, it said he was 25, but it also said that it was issued basically when he was 16, and it was a sideways license. And if hmm. all my bartender friends out there, sideways license means over means 21. 21. So he, yeah. He could not have gotten that license at 16. That's weird. Well, good catch, yeah. Justin. Thank so his fake you. ID even sucked. Yeah, it was uh, completely wrong. Everything about I wonder who we got it from. That's a whole other side story. Mm-hmm. Whoever's making these fake IDs. I don't know how n- nerdy Fogel, you know, finds out of a fake ID guy. Right, yeah. It, it's the same fake. It's the same guy that someone, another one of their friends got a fake ID from, which they talk about. Gotcha, gotcha. Very briefly, yeah. So because uh, their car is towed and uh, f- I guess Fogel has to work or something, um, th- there's like a little yeah. bit of a time skip. And then we see Fogel coming out of the supermarket that he works at, meeting up with Evan and Seth. Uh, Evan and Seth After start they... roasting him about his vest and uh, being fed up with everything that's going on. Seth decides, you know what? Fuck you, Fogel. It's because of you that we're in this mess. And guess what? Big old boy Seth's going to get us out. We talked a lot during the commentary about how Seth kind of radiates my energy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And in this scene, I can definitely see that. But I I think I like to think that I'm less of a dick about it. I feel like I do. No, of course. I do. I I am the person that that always wants to step up and get the thing done. And I usually am the dad and being like, I will I will make this happen. I will get the alcohol or I will do this. But Seth goes, you fucked it up, Fogel. Your fake ID sucks dick. Now I got to steal. Right. And it's like you both kind of can do, uh, you might have selfish reasons for doing something, <clears throat> but you won't use selfish actions in order to get that done. You will kind of gather the team. And even if you think you're the only one you can do who can do it, you will phrase it as, you know, I'm going to save us. Don't worry, guys. I got this. Exactly. Whereas Seth is very selfish and is like, well, if you can't do it, then I guess I got to do it. And it's your fault about it. Right. 
Also, if he really did radiate the same energy as me, I think he would take a second and think about it a little bit more. Um, we're gonna steal the alcohol. We you don't have any other friends or friends with brothers or something that has like there's always somebody that's twenty one that can buy us alcohol. You don't have to go steal it. This is a lot. We have a hundred dollars. Like he exactly he already has the money. He's already uh, he's got the fake ID. I, I I don't know who this fake ID guy is, but why don't you give the money to him for him to buy the alcohol? Yeah, maybe he's got, he's got a fake ID. He can do it. I'm so, <laughs> not that he has a fake ID, but that I'm assuming the guy is over 21. Or, or, he's, fake ID or he's just been must... making fake IDs at 18. Listen, what was the movie? I, yeah, accepted, uh, uh, I guess so. I think. Accepted I guess so. and accepted the beginning with Justin Long. He's making fake IDs for all of his high school friends. Is he really? Is that a thing? Yeah, that's the beginning of Accepted. Have you, do you remember that movie? I haven't seen that in a long time. The only thing I remember about that movie is <sighs> South Harmon Institute of Technology. Put it on the list. Put it on the they list. They were the shit sandwiches. It's on the list. Shit sandwiches. So um, he goes and so Seth walks into the store and mm. he immediately has a panic attack and start having these like weird panic attack induced dreams. Um, I love it. This is something you don't really see in movies nowadays where the scenarios it's like we're going on a different path than yeah. what's actually happening but they're not going to be like exactly. you know, fade into a dream. Exactly. It's like we're showing at this point you're like oh my god this is really happening. Mm-hmm. It's un- it's not until Seth's neck gets slit open then you're like this can't be real this is not the movie well no they they cut back a bunch of times and that's when you realize like okay so like the first one is him just getting all the stuff and then the dude goes yep eighty dollars and he hands him eighty dollars and you're like oh this is fake this is fake so he goes into the liquor section um he first has like it's all the scenarios that play out in his head basically is what's happening so, like, the first scenario is he gets all the alcohol, he gets to the cashier, it's totally no problem, and he pays him. He's like, no, that's not going to work. Oh, well, actually, before he even does that, I should mention, he walks in, sees the cop, and says, hope Piggy can run. Piggy can run. Hope I Piggy love that. Yeah, that was a good one. I love one. that, especially because he's making a fat joke when yeah, he's he himself. <laughs> I don't want to call himself a Piggy, but come on. He a little. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, pedal, the kettle caught on the pot black. Exactly. And then the second scenario he plays out is an old lady who's also in the liquor section um, would buy it for him. Oh, that sweet old lady. Yeah. And then she even smiled at him afterwards and he was all, what the fuck? No. And looked away. But I was like, I hope you enjoy fucking jewels tonight. Exactly. (laughs) I hope you enjoy fucking jewels tonight. (laughs) And then the third and final scenario that he thinks of is that he goes to steal it and the cop goes, don't even think about it. And Seth goes, I never even had a choice. And then they fight. <laughs> and then the cop slits his throat open. And there's blood oh everywhere. God. Cut I to Seth walking out of the store. He couldn't do it. There was a security breach. And it's at this point where you also see that this is not a Ryan thing. Because even if he would have bitched out, he would have also taken the blame. As much as he would have taken all the responsibility, he would have also taken the blame. Yeah, I wouldn't have said like, there was a secret security breach. I'd have been like, listen, I chickened out. I like, I saw the dude and like, no, I'm not stealing. It's not happening. Yeah. I would never have done that. I would never have put that idea into motion. Mm-mm. That was a bad idea from the beginning. So since he can't get the alcohol, him, uh, Seth, Evan, and Fogel all go to a liquor store. Fogel's actually successfully able to buy liquor. Like he walks into the store he drops some beer on the ground which is kind of fucked up um and then he grabs everything they need he gets the liquor as soon as he goes to pay bop he gets knocked out mm. he gets unconscious Mm-mm-mm. he goes unconscious by a robber lady just starts screaming the guy starts taking all the money our other boys seth and evan they're looking at this woman who recently got breast reduction surgery trying to make sure their her boobs still look nice so they miss yep. all of the robbery but when they come back, they see that Fogel is uh, talking to cops. So he th- they assume he's about to get arrested for using his fake ID. 
Now the mm-hmm. the cops that walk in, Justin, are you in the notes right now? Yeah. Get out of the notes. Why? I'm Get out of the notes. <laughs> okay. Fucking bitch. It's kind of helping me to like no. put it together. Okay, yeah, and you know what? There's a fucking third degree quiz show coming up, and I don't want you to know the answer. I didn't see that. Get out of my notes. Okay, fine. I'm running blind over here then. I will tell you when you can come back. I will in- okay. I will invite you to my notes. Okay. <laughs> okay. This is the Hurry. problem with using Google Docs, folks. He can just jump in whenever shared. he wants. Yeah. Don't talk to the people. This is getting cut out. God. Anyways. So the cops are played by Seth Rogen and Bill Hader. Oh, what a handsome man. Yeah. I'm so sorry, everybody. Seth? Seth Rogen looks so hot in this movie. He killed that mustache. It's not the mustache. You keep it's saying not it's the not mustache. the mustache. It is because it fr- it frames that part of his face, and that's what you're liking to see. It's but also the sideburns. It's also it's showing off the beard. It's not necessarily the mustache. It's all the, 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 the jawline that the mustache reveals. So if he would have shaven completely... I'm not saying that it would have looked great, but it would have still got the job done. Look, he looks young. He's got a fresh face. He's got a nice cut jawline. Look, does it really still matter why thick. he's hot? Still got a little cushion for the pushing. He push just in, looks hot. He just looks nice. It doesn't matter why. So he just handsome. looks nice. What a handsome man. He's a handsome man. So And then we got Bill Hader. He's funny. Bill Hader's great. I love Bill Hader. Why you why you gave him such a short thing like that? Because he's funny. That's all we need to know. That's not all we need to know, because you know what, Justin? What? I gotta stop this show right now. <gasps> It's time for the third degree quiz show. Welcome to the third degree quiz show. I'm your host, Ryan Diaz. I'm joined by our contestant. What's your name, bud? I'm Baby J. I'm so happy to be here. All right, Baby J, don't scream into my ear. Now, Baby J, we here at the third degree quiz show love to play games. What we do is we take one thing, we move it three degrees, and we ask you a question about it. Now, this movie stars Bill Hader. Yes. Bill Hader is credited in Star Wars The Force Awakens as a voice consultant for BB-8. What? Now, why? What? Now, <laughs> why can later? You, okay, continue, continue. Question is, <laughs> the question is, who else was consulted on this role? Now, will Justin know this answer? My answer is no. Justin will not know this answer. However, I, I do a good job, I think, of every time I do a third-degree quiz show, I bring something in that Justin knows a lot about, that he loves a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is my this is my genre of, of expertise. He this is loves Star Wars. Star Wars. Loves Star he Wars. He knows Bill Hader, and he loves the answer to this question, but he will not get it. No. So, so it's someone that I know, someone that I like. He wouldn't just name a random voice consultant because at first thought. I was thinking that Bill Hader is a funny guy. He's not known for his robots or droids or any of the sort. Nothing technological. He's a very funny guy. So I was thinking the other guy has to be a more technical person, has to be like the actual consultant, whereas Bill Hader is the funny guy. But now I think that's wrong because you're telling me that I'm going to love who the answer is. And, you, and do you know any other? Get it. Well, you so won't. it has to be random. I know you won't get it. It's not random. Well, it's not random. <laughs> It's random, and uh, I don't think either of these people should have been brought on for J.J. Abrams' Star Wars The Force Awakens. Oh, God. Um, however, it, they did a great job. Does BB-8 not sound good? So it has to be. Of course he sounds great. He sounds amazing. All right, Gerald, BB-8 go ahead and put knock- that 30 seconds to the clock. Shit. Oh, man, no pressure, but Gerald this. has put on <clears> the 30 <throat> seconds. All right. Well, Bill Hader. I'm thinking of people who have starred beside Bill Hader because mm. in, in, in all this Hollywood, there's a lot of politics. There's a lot of like who knows seconds. who going on. So I'll give you one hint. I'll give you one hint. This person me. has recently gotten a large boost in their fame 
not mm. necessarily in a good way, but mm. it came from a good place. Mm. And it has nothing to do with the good place. I feel like that, if anything, just like put me on the wrong direction. Now I have no idea what's happening. Well, think, okay. Oh, man. It's got to be another funny guy. Who's a funny oh, guy who makes cool sound effects? All right, Justin, we're running a little long here. I got to go 10, ah! 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, I'm going to guess One. Jim Carrey. I know it's wrong, but Jim Carrey. Oh, Who my cares? God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It pains me. It pains effects. me so much that you're so close. You're so close. You're so close. You're like what adjacent because of the project that they're both in that's very new. It's very new. It's very new. It's very new. Oh, One more. It's, um, One more. it's Ben Schwartzman. I'm not going to give you that point. I'm not going to give you that point. No, you you gave that to me. No. You you 100%. It was a hint 60 seconds of deliberation, and then I gave you all of the hint laid out. But yes. No, I I agree. Ben Schwartz and Bill Hader, voice consultant on BB-8 for Star Wars The Force Awakens. I just have one word for you. What's that? In a phrase of a question. What's that? (laughs) Why? (laughs) Couldn't answer. I'm not J.J. Abrams. Thank you guys for joining us for the third degree quiz show. Anyways, you can jump back in the notes now. Thanks, Justin, for that. It's literally it was oh, literally man. right under where we were. That's why I was like, "Are you in my notes right now?" Oh, <laughs> okay. If I would have seen that, I would have been pretty upset. So that's that's exactly my second. If you wouldn't have got me there, the same project, I would have. My next one was Jack Black because you said so close, and I was like Jim Carrey, Jack Black, both same style, not the same project. So yeah, gotcha. It was really close. That's why I was like, "Damn, I can't believe he," like he said the person that's in the only movie that I can think of with Ben Schwartz, you know what I mean? Besides the other one. Yeah, that's the only like mainstream Ben Schwartz thing besides Parks and Rec. What is that, three to two? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you are up. You are up three to two. I'm so great in my life. All right, back into it. So, distraught at having neither no alcohol or the $100, Seth and Evan start, well, Seth starts to panic just a little bit. And he's talking to Evan about why focal doesn't matter and why none of this matters. And he backs up. And he gets hit by a car. I just want to stop you right there. What's that? This is at the point where I was like, okay, I should be taking notes. Because this is the second time he... Oh, I'm sorry. First time he got hit by a car. Mm -hmm. But right before he got hit by a car, he was yelling at his best friend for something that he was responsible for. He got himself into the situation. He put himself deeper into the hole Mm -hmm. by fucking it all up, basically. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. And then push Fogel into doing something else. He's manipulating his friends to get his selfish intentions across. And right mm-hmm. when you hit that cataclysm, cataclysmic moment of where he's blowing up on his best friend for no reason, he gets smacked by a car. And I, I was like, like that. that is the perfect retaliation. And it wasn't extremely obvious. It yeah. wasn't like, you know, like well, a villain just lost in the middle of their evil speech. You know? Well, here's the thing. When you describe it the way you just did, it does become very obvious to me. That it's like the perfect plot device, you know, in this moment when he is being his most dickish, we see him get struck down and then we're moved immediately into another plot point because we now have a solution to the problem we just literally got because of him. Yeah, that's it works its way into my theory of that this movie is organic in that it moves from action to action, but it still fits thematically. Yeah, it's it's, you know, I'm going to say it. This is a masterpiece of a film. 
We should bump it. To I a would nine. agree. We should. We should we, I would we, also. I can't agree. wait to get to the re- ratings. Anyways, we're not, yeah, we're not rating there, but yeah, yeah this is so going well. He's driven by. He, uh, he's getting hit by a car who is driven by none other than Joe Lo Truglio, which we all know from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Um, he's in a bunch of other shit. I'm not gonna. We're not gonna get into it. But no, he's in a he's lot. The, like a side character in, in so in many, so many things. things. Yeah. Oh my god, he has a really high pitched, shrill voice in something, right? Um. God, I can't remember what it is, but someone has to go to baseball games with him, and he's all, "I love it. It's crazy." I can't remember what it is. Is that is that bench warmers then? No, no. Like they have to go to like sports games as his friend. He works out with him. This someone works out with him. Oh yeah, and then and he's then, like, "Do you want to go to this?" Do something. Yeah. And he's like, "Oh, I don't like going to games. I mean, I don't want to go to games because this guy yells like all crazy. He's got a high pitched voice." God, what movie is that? What movie is that? Oh. I love you, man. It's I love you, man. Oh, it is I love you, man. That is also a great movie. So yeah, Francis, played by Joel Latrulio, gets out of the car. He's all like, please don't report me. I'll do anything. I'll do anything. I'll literally suck your dick right now. Pull it out. He didn't say that. Yep. But he basically is saying he'll do basically anything. Did. And Seth goes, him a lot of eyebrows. Oh yeah, you'll do anything for you? You'll do anything not to get reported? Oh yeah? Ow, my leg hurts. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call the cops. What are you going to mm-hmm. do for us? Joe's like, please, I'll do anything. And Seth goes, will you buy us alcohol? He goes, dude, I have like $17 in my my wallet right now. He gives him the $7 or whatever. He's like, dude, this is not enough. He's like, okay, okay, okay. I'm going to a party right now. Come with me. You can get alcohol from there. Yeah, totally not sketchy. Totally not sketchy at all. Seth is like, okay, fine, let's do it. Because he's got a one trail mind. He's trying to get laid. He needs, And he thinks he needs the alcohol in order to get laid. And that is the only way he's going to do it. So with yep. his one-track mind, he convinces Evan, who's very apprehensive, to get in the car, and they head to the party. So it's at this point, also, that we're getting a scene change. I I want to say that this is the end of Act 1. Act 1 we is getting our mission for the movie, mm-hmm. which is getting the liquor. We already know that. And then we're you know deep into the plot. We're already trying to get the liquor. We already got Fogel in trouble. And it's at this point when we diverge the, the Fogel storyline and them two. We also get a scene change. Not only are they driving to the party, but during the car ride, it, the sun starts to set. Yeah, it becomes night. We start night. to get like the, the nighttime right. setting. So now we're right into act two right now. Yeah. This movie takes place act one in the daytime, act one in the night. I mean, act two in the night. We'll follow each story individually, and we'll follow the uh, Seth and Evan story first. So Seth and Evan get to the house. Mm-hmm. They're at the house party. They're hanging out. Shortly after they've been there for a little bit, Francis, who is Joe Trillio again, um, starts mm-hmm. getting beat the shit up by uh, Mark, who is the the party homeowner yeah, guy, the, home, the homeowner who's played by Kevin Kerrigan, who's in a bunch of stuff. Most notably, probably Pineapple Express, I think. Yeah, I remember him in that. He's been in a lot of stuff, though. I love that this uh, Joe Truglio character is just in deep shit with everybody. Oh, yeah. He's very sketchy, but he doesn't outright do anything bad to our main characters or anyone else, really. Really? He doesn't fit, like affect anyone else. He, he starts using his phone. Yeah. Maybe it's a little weird. Maybe he's done something in the past to, you know rub mark the wrong way and he shouldn't be in the house just using his stuff just like that but we never actually see him do something wrong he just gets shit on he punches he punches mark in the face at one point and we do hear at the beginning that he has a warrant out for his arrest for a non-violent crime but other than that we don't actually see him do anything bad so you're right it's like yeah we don't know what the warranted crime was and he only punches him after he's already been thrown out of the house physically while they're fighting and all that evan gets all pissy at seth for dragging him to that dangerous party and he says, I'm not yeah. going to allow you to dictate my friendship anymore. Like, this is bullshit, whatever. Ooh, yeah. the foreshadow of the mm-hmm. conflict of this relationship. Seth goes back to the party after accusing Evan of deserving him as a friend. 
and he tries to steal some alcohol. Yeah, which is <clears throat> very thematically appropriate. Seth is – we already know Seth's problem. He's a selfish megalomaniac asshole who exactly. just uses people to get what he wants. But this, it, at this point where we see the silent problem of Evan, Evan doesn't say what he wants and actually intervene when maybe he could have stopped all these negative things from happening. Exactly. Instead, he enables Seth. He is kind of like his little slave boy. He does anything that he says. It's at this point where he puts his foot down where, yeah, you should be putting your foot down. And it's – it's too little, too late, you know? Yeah. You can't bottle up your feelings and then let them explode and then desert your friend because that no. doesn't actually solve anything. Exactly. And and, and you, you you end up being the enemy in your own story. Like, how? what are you even supposed to do at that point? Exactly. Your actions don't really justify all the wrongdoings that someone else did. So while Seth is back at the party, he's dirty dancing with um, apparently Mark's menstruating girlfriend. Um, and he oh, winds God. up with this giant blood stain on his pants. Mark sees this, obviously, and knows that his woman is menstruating, is doing this to people, or to him, at least. Because he's also got a matching one. Yeah. We're blood brothers. Exactly. And uh, <laughs> at this point, Seth had run down to the basement, tried to get the blood off his pants. He sees two laundry turning bottles and a giant fridge full of beer, so he decides to fill up the laundry turning bottles with beer and oh, carry God. them out. And we can assume that he does not wash the laundry detergent out of it first. Right. Yeah. It, well, he tries because to he tries to like dump it all out, but I I don't. It doesn't. It looks the beer is green when they get to the party. Okay, that's the end of the story. It, yeah. So we're not going to talk about all the poisoning that all those kids got after that. <laughs> right. Exactly. So uh, Mark picks a fight with Seth, um, and right before that, Evan was trying to call Becca, but he couldn't get a good reception on his cell phone. So he goes back into the house, he uses a landline, and then he finds himself trapped in a room with a cocaine snorting thugs. Who mistakenly think that he's uh, Jimmy's brother, the singer? Mm-hmm. So, um, oh, you're Jimmy's brother. You're Jimmy's brother, and it's so funny because Joe Truglio, the second he saw it, he was like, "You, you know what? You look, you look like, like this just, guy, Jimmy. You know Jimmy. Know. You know Jimmy. You look just like his you look brother, just like man. his brother. You look, you look just, just like, like my his friend, brother, Jimmy brother, man." <laughs> he says it twice, just like that. Yeah. And it's funny because when he walks, once all the people walk into their room that um, Evan is in, trying to call uh, Becca. You, you you very much tell this is the cocaine room. You got like mm -hmm. tiger posters on the wall, all these psychedelic posters. Yeah, the ambiance like is very, very, very clear. Very cocaine ambiance. Agreed. He starts to sing these eyes to kind of, kind of keep himself out of trouble. These eyes. Never gonna love me. Never gonna love me. Never gonna love me. With you. So anyway, someone busts in the room. So there's a fight outside. There's a fight outside. Fight. So everyone runs out the room. And uh, it's Seth getting beat up, basically. But uh, he ducks at the right time. He moves around at the right time. And basically, he starts a brawl with everybody else except for him and Evan. So he grabs Evan. Yep. They get out. And they uh, run away with the two large laundry detergent jugs full of beer. And full of laundry detergent residue. Right. And it's at this point I'd like to take a step back, go a little bit back to the liquor store, and follow Fogel's story. Um, mm. Meanwhile, while all this is happening, Fogel was not arrested by the police, actually. Um, in fact, Slater and Michaels, Bill Hader and Seth Rogen, um, actually seem to be impressed with his taste of alcohol and uh, his ability to take a punch. So he winds up mm -hmm. spending the night with them um, and uh, gets uh, to subdue a violent drunk by not tripping him <laughs> at all. Instead, the, the drunk slips on his own. Slips on his own, bangs his head. He gets all the credit. Yep. They have, their own, they have some beer, get some beers to go. And uh, yeah, they they have, they just they have a great relationship by the by the end of this little scene. Like it was cute. It's a little father son moment. They really want to take him under their wing. You know? Exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, they have a they have a very casual attitude between towards being a cop. You know, they they like they have no procedure for it. They just kind of let off their guns in the air and they let Fogel hold the gun and they take this guy in custody with Fogel right there in the next seat. Like it's it, they, right. they're pretty chill. They're relaxed. So um, then Slater and Michaels get to receive a call to break up a fight at the party, uh, the party Seth and Evan were at. So uh, they head over there with Fogel, and uh, they actually mm-hmm. run into Seth with their car, knocking him to the ground, making this Perfect. the second time that uh, Seth has been struck by a vehicle. And it's so perfect because I love when I love a good diverging story path, and I love when they come together so well, you know. Right. And they really just knocked together. And this is because not only is he knocking him with the car when they're on the ground, the moment where Fogel steps out, he's smoking a cigarette, he's just hanging out with cops flicks it onto the ground and they both look up and he's there. It, it's such a great moment yeah. and it only lends itself to he the goes, theme. Fargle. <laughs> so Fargle. <laughs> yeah. Um it, yeah. it's it's also funny how like in this sense uh, you know Evan was I mean Seth was telling Evan you deserted me, you deserted me, you deserted me in the yep. same sense that they were arguing before he got hit by a car at this cataclysm moment of like like we're fighting, we're fighting. We're at the peak of our fight. We're about to fight. Like you know, they never really get to get any of it out. And, and then, this really bah. is like the peak of the fight because it's right before this that Evan lets loose, like he always does, bottles things up, and then lets them loose. That he thinks he's slowing him, him down. down. Yes, he's saying, you know, I got into Darth Myth. I'm sorry that you're not smart enough. I don't know what you want me to do. You want me to stay here and just do nothing? And then he lets loose that. We've just been dicking around all high school. We haven't gotten any girls. And we haven't gotten any fault. friends. All because him. of you. It's all yeah. your fault. And it yeah. just, yeah. Their their conflicts of relationship really just comes to head right in that moment. And then he gets <laughs> hit by a car. <laughs> yep. He gets hit by a car right then. Um, Perfect. So the cops decide they're going to arrest him. They're going to arrest both of them um, to try yeah, and try to make, make it, it look like it was like their they fault. Exactly. But uh, while they're, while they're uh, devising a plan... To uh, he take sees care of the car. his point of exit. Yeah. Oh, I felt this moment. Well, we've been comparing ourselves. Out. We've been comparing ourselves to these people at this moment. But at this moment, when everything is slow motion and Evan is seeing all his paths line up, they're distracted. Fogel's here. This guy distracted. He books it. He starts running. Mm-hmm. He starts running away. These guys freak out. They start shooting their guns into the air to try to scare him out. <laughs> Seth yeah. also runs away. Yeah, so Fogel comes out of the car, and um, Seth and Evan see him, and then immediately Evan darts out and starts running. And so Slater runs out. I mean, Michaels runs after Evan. Fogel and Seth start running away. So Slater gets in the car and tries to follow them. Evan gets away, and then uh, the three of them meet back up and then start running towards Jules's party. So they get on a bus to go to Jules's party, and then they see the bum that was in the car earlier that got unarrested by Slater. Oh, God. <laughs> um, they have a little fight. They get kicked off the bus, and then they're only a few blocks away from the party. So, hey, it's at this point we realize our heroes have not only gotten the alcohol, gotten through all the bullshit of the night, but they're three blocks away from the party. They've done it. They've essentially gotten the alcohol to the party. Yep. We have completed our mission. You know, we took a little detour. Didn't exactly get the gold slick vodka. It's currently on the floor of a bus right now. But we have arrived into the third act, yes. and we are ready to do battle. Yes, it's time for the party. And it's at this crucial moment that we find out that Fogel, also going to Dartmouth, is going to be rooming with Evan, and they've already made uh, that decision. Uh, and it God, breaks Seth's heart for whatever reason. To Evan's inability to express his feelings and talk to his best friend and express his emotions, all that good stuff. Yeah, Seth is all mad about it, and uh, but they decide to go, go into the party and have a good time anyway. Ways. Right. Yeah. 
separate ways into the party, which kind of leaves everybody in a weird mind state as well. Yeah, it is kind of weird. Um, Becca's already there. She's drunk as shit. Um, Evan learns oh. that she spent the evening getting really drunk and announcing her intentions to blow him. Yeah, third act. Becca is really difficult to watch. She's t- difficult to work with. Difficult to watch. <laughs> hard to be she's, around. I was saying. I was saying either she took many a shots during the filming, or she's an excellent actress. She must be an excellent that is, actress. She's very good at playing that classic drunk girl yeah. just all over the place. She finds Evan. She drags him to Jules' bedroom. Um, then, like, there's like this weird, awkward, cringy three minutes of of Evan wanting to be really careful with his vintage clothes and Becca wanting to suck his dick off. Right. And then she throws up all over her bed. All over Jules' yeah. bed. Sorry. Go um, get Gabby. Right. And if you're wondering at this point if um, Seth has some better luck with the girls, you're wrong. He has no greater luck. Um, he thinks that Jules will only see with him if she and him are both drunk. So he gets fucked up beyond the point of return. Um, but he's surprised to learn when they have a conversation that Jules actually doesn't drink and that she would prefer if they hook up when they're both sober. Which also lends itself to the theme that they have great chemistry because they were having a great conversation. She's into it. She's not saying, I don't want to do this, never mind. She's saying, maybe at a different time, you're really drunk. Right. So he's taking actions that is putting himself in the negative light where he himself is a good person and can do great things, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that, yeah. And then also Evan wanting to be a good person is not saying what he feels. He's not saying like, oh, maybe we shouldn't do this at this time and all this stuff. He's saying, oh, my vintage clothes and oh, you know, I right. just don't know what to do. I can't process all this. Yeah, that that was a big problem for me because he was like saying like, no, you don't want this. But like she wanted it when she was sober. She wanted it when she was drunk. That's not a good excuse. But the, the actual excuse is the truth. So just say the truth. You're not ready for it. You don't want it to be this way. Yes. So um, once Seth learns out that Jules is uh, wants them to hook up only sober, Seth passes out, and on the way down, his head slams into Julie's head, giving her a huge black eye. Oh, my God. Imagine the weight of a Jonah Hill coming mm. down full force on your on eyeball. Your eyeball. <laughs> she says, oh, what the fuck? What the fuck? He, um, Which, at this point, I realized, because in a PG-13 movie, you only get the one fuck, and it cannot be in a sexual way. Um it's at this point that I realized, I think this is our first rated R movie that we've done. Oh, wow. I think you're right. When we actually watched the unrated version even. so. Oh, yeah. It wasn't even rated. So we got all those juicy, detailed dicks. Mm, all the juicy, detailed dicks. I love it. Um, so, yeah. Jonah Hill passed out on the floor. Um, he's got like three seconds of actually being passed out before he looks up and sees red and blue lights. And guess who it is? It's Slater and Michaels back at it again. Woo-hoo. Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna Ugh. do? What I would give to have 2007 Seth Rogen arrest me while I'm naked in a bed. Okay, so. All right, we can cut that. The- <laughs> I'm not cutting. I'm keeping it in. Yeah, stay it in. The cops. Seth, Seth, if you hear me. Oh, my God. The cops come back to the party. Um, they start to break everything up, and seth decides this is the point where he's gonna go save evan he can't leave him behind gotta save evan so he rushes inside to find evan and he's drunk and passed out so he carries him to safety and then michael and slater bust in on fogel about to have sex with nicole who is played by this woman named aviva who i don't know aviva that sounds like a like a fancy water brand Mm -hmm. now a funny fact about this little scene um mince place was actually only 17 at the time of filming so he actually was a teenager and um, mm-hmm. as a result, his mother was required to be present during this sex scene. Oh, no. She had to be uh, on set and watching. That was so... It's so funny because they cut from 
um, Michael Sarah and his girl doing the awkward thing, and then right when she threw up, they cut to Fogle and her, and they're doing it like for real. Mm-hmm. She's like actually naked in lingerie. Yeah. She's actually rubbing up on them. They're having a great time. I would give some so of Fogel's. Was, I would give some of Fogel's um, acting chops to the fact that he must have been shitting his pants because I would be so scared and nervous. And like my mom's there, that's fucking weird. Right? Yeah. <laughs> He was physically shaking. Yeah. Slater, uh, Bill Hader's all pissy because Fogel abandoned them. Um, but Michaels calms him down. They tell Fogel that they knew his ID was fake, but remembered how much they hated police and wanted to change that for Fogel's age, for Fogel's viewpoint of police. Yeah. Um, wanting to demonstrate that they could be cool tool, they took him out on patrol, which um, obviously is all the bullshit that happened. They all agree to be friends and impress the ladies. Uh, McLovin actually asks Slater and Michaels to drag him away as though he was a dangerous criminal. And they go to a deserted <laughs> parking lot. They do donuts in the squad car. Bill Hader crashes that shit, and then they trash it. Mm-hmm. They, they throw bottles all over it, and then Seth Rogen has this really manly um, Molotov throwing scene that made my girlfriend um, go crazy. Mm, and I'm so sad I missed it. I wanted to hit back so, so bad. We could not. <clears throat> but it's also that point where um, they're dragging him out that you see mullet guy, Hakalugi, onto the onto Bill oh, Slater. Yeah. Bill, yeah, Bill Hader. <laughs> Bill... <laughs> Wait, but he's Slater, right? Yeah, his name is Slater. That's funny. <laughs> okay, so at least at least I, I got something right. Yeah. But he, um, yeah, and he hocks a loogie. He says, "Fucking pigs." And then and he says, Mm-mm. "Bill Hader pulls out his baton and smacks the shit out of his face. Wax him right in the jaw. Yeah. Oh my god. He goes, "Nice mullet, bitch." <laughs> we love, we love when the villain gets uh, what's coming. Yeah, definitely. Evan and Seth, you know, they make it back to Evan's house. They make uh, pizza rolls and they climb into their sleeping bags in the basement. They confess through painstaking drunk conversation that they will always love each other as friends. They hug. They whisper, I love you. This is actually very akin to the first time Justin told me he loved me, but we won't talk about that right now. Yeah, we won't. But we will talk about this movie and how it's the first time he has expressed any sort of affection for him. Usually Mm -hmm. it's him saying, no, it's a dumb idea. No, you're being dumb, Seth. And it's usually justified. He is always being dumb. But in that moment, you know, Jonah Hill used his actions to do something selfless. He ran back into the party in order to grab Evan and make sure he was safe. Mm -hmm. He saved him. As they, and as then right after they will always be best friends after that moment yeah when he realized that Jonah Hill can use that 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 self-assuredness to actually do good and save him it's when he actually reveals his feelings right such a cute moment it was beautiful I loved it I wanted to see and then boop. they wake up in the morning I just, to, I just wanted to get booped on the nose yeah. you know by Jonah Hill in that moment boop 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 so cute <laughs> <laughs> so they wake up and they're all hungover um, and they act kind of like it's like a night one night stand, which is kind of weird. They go to the shopping mall because Evan needs a new comforter and Seth needs new pants. And then they see Becca and Jules. And Becca thanks Evan for being a nice guy. Seth apologizes to Jules for, you know, hitting her in the head and making a black eye. And then all very awkward, but still charming in its own way. Yeah. Somehow Becca and Evan decide that they both need comforters. So they're going to go shopping together. And uh, Seth will help Jules buy her makeup to cover the eye that he messed up. And this is kind of where we see um, probably the most raw moment in the film, I think, besides the I love you scene. Um, Mm -hmm. We see the boys get separated for probably the actual first time in the movie. And uh, it's kind of a bittersweet moment. They they know that the future holding in front of them is going to be different, but they'll always love each other as friends. And that will transcend their time apart. Absolutely. We're like... 
giving each other eyeballs and everything. Like yeah. they're trying to keep up the facade of being, you know, cool guys. Gonna, oh yeah, we're just gonna separate and hang with the girls. But they're like looking back and forth. Yeah, it's, Jonah Hill keeps on looking up the escalator, just staring at Michael Sarah. Like, I'm gonna fuck her. You know, she'll still trying to be like silly and funny, right? But still physically moving away from each other. Yeah, it's 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 clear that in this moment they're secure in their friendship, and that Seth and Evan are finally comfortable being apart. Oh, that's the end of the movie. The credits come with a bunch of dicks, and uh, oh yes, and we hear we hear Seth say "I love you" at the end as well. Beautiful. So, um, I have a few more facts here just for fun. Justin, do you know you know where it was filmed, right? We already talked about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was filmed in Los Angeles, right? Right. Yeah, the high school is actually exterior of El Segundo High School in Los in L.A. Um, The mall scenes were shot at the old Fox Hill Mall, which became Westfield Mall in Culver City, California. Glendale has some other shoots as well, so yeah. Gotcha. All right, Justin. Here's our favorite little part. My favorite little part. We should we should make this a named segment, actually. What segment? Are we rating right now? No, we're doing the budget. Ooh. Let's name it um It's the budget talk. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on. The uh money mumble. It's money mumble. Money mumble. So, Justin, how much did this movie make cost to make? Money mumble, money mumble, 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 mumble. I'm gonna say it cost. There wasn't any special effects. There was only filming, but it was in Los Angeles. There was so one, expensive. one or two slow motion scenes, but a few slow mos, you know, and and some pretty decent, decent actors, but they weren't exactly big then. I'm gonna guess it was ten mil. <sighs> That's close. Okay. Uh, this movie cost twenty million dollars to make. Okay, nice. Yeah. yeah. Justin, how much money did this film make? Oh, man. I can't imagine this doing, like, super well in theaters. R-rated movies usually just get a little bit lower of a of an audience coming in just because it's an R-rated. It's a very slapstick. It's very vulgar. All right. I I'm going to give her 150 mil. We made our money back. Okay. And it was decently successful. Okay. You said 150 mil? Yeah, I'm, okay. I feel like I'm highballing right now, but 150. No, you, you're actually very close. Um, but uh, your reasoning is off <laughs> because hmm. Superbad actually opened at number one in the United States box office. Okay. In the first weekend, it grossed 33 million dollars. 33 mil. Wow, that's not mm-hmm. bad. I wonder from, what it was up against. I wonder what just came out before. From like two. That's from 2,948 theaters for an average of 11,212 per theater. Okay. Okay. The film actually stayed at number one for the second week as well. Grossing another eighteen million in the U.S. Okay, so it grossed okay. one hundred twenty-one in the U.S., forty-eight point four in Canada, a total of one hundred sixty-nine point nine million dollars. Ooh, I went just under each time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, compared to close. compared to the budget of the twenty million, it actually earned a huge financial profit, and it's actually the highest domestic grossing high school comedy at the time. Nice. It's only yes. it's only since been surpassed by Twenty One Jump Street, which also films. Um, Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. That's awesome. Yep, that's pretty much all I have. Um, There's some, like, you know, other trivia stuff and stuff like that, but I think we should just get into the rating. Okay. Oh, also, Dave Franco. I, when you said 21 Jump Street, I was like, there's one more person, because I mentioned it during the film. Oh, Dave yeah. Franco. Dave Franco was in the movie. Okay. So, now for the rating. I love this movie. Can we just skip all of it and give it tens? I mean... No, because we're thorough. Yeah, but we're thorough, so let's... Likeability, execution, engageability. And... 
gauge ability. Damn it. I want to give it Girl, all 10s. This, this might be our first 10. Be a 10 first rated bro. R movie. I mean, first 10, 10, 10. Okay, like ability. Actually, you know what, man? I might give like ability Whoa. like a nine. Whoa. Because I liked what it a lot. Doing? I liked it a lot, but like, you know, we didn't need all that language. And Seth is kind of a dick for most of the movie. But I never felt like it wasn't needed. I felt like he, of course, he's being a dick. And and this is how we feel. This is this is how we feel. Right. Where we explain how we feel. Right. We're not talking about, we're not critics over here. You're right. right? You're we right. might be criticizing something, but we're not critics over I here. I do feel like it's a 10. I just want to play devil's advocate just a little bit, Justin. I understand. I understand. And if that's the one con about the movie, that maybe it was a little too vulgar at points, maybe they were just throwing things in just because. If it's a crime, it, throw me in jail. I feel you. I know. I get it. I get it. it. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm sticking with my 10. If you want to go 9. No, no, no. We'll give it. We have to agree. So I'll give you that 10. Uh, uh, Justin, okay. I, we just got to make a point. You know, we, we got to make a point. We don't have to agree. We, we do have to agree. In the no. We can always, if you do 9 and I do 10, it might be a 9.5. God. Is that crazy? Are we are we putting decimal points in this bitch? No, I'm gonna keep it a ten. I'll give it a ten. I'll give it a ten. All right. Execution. All right. Okay, this movie did exactly what the fuck it was trying to do, and it did it fantastically. And it has so much deeper meanings that I didn't even think about until we started doing this podcast. So I'm gonna give it a ten. I don't care. Absolutely, everything you just said. Absolutely ten. I I never knew that the themes were so subtle yet apparent yet appropriate yet also relatable. You know, it's, especially for me and you, mm-hmm. especially for our relationship. Yep. So. I would give it an absolute 10. Yeah, absolute 10. Um, engageability? Fuck. I didn't look away. I was not... There's not a scene where I wasn't... I wasn't... I didn't want to be like, hey, Ryan, can we just... Sh- shut up. Can we just watch the movie? Yeah, but no. <laughs> obviously, that's not he- what we're here to do. So yeah. at, at, at every moment, I wanted to just watch the movie and just enjoy it. Yeah, so I'm going to give it a 10. I, You know what, Justin? We did it. This is our... It's so engaging. This is one of our tens this is our solid ten film. Also, our just first. the cringe comedy, the cringe factor is inherently engaging. It kind of like keeps you on the edge edge of your seat in a tense, odd way. Yeah. It, but it wasn't cringe for cringe sake. It wasn't just two thousand slapstick fart jokes gags. You know. Yeah. It in two thousand seven, it wasn't as cringy, but it aged in a, in a sense that made it even more cringy, which worked for the film. Like it made it even exactly, better for me. Exactly, because it's what they wanted to do. They weren't trying to make you laugh and instead cringe. They wanted to make you cringe, and then I laughed because of it. So, what should we call movies that get a f- perfect ten score? I don't know, like a banger, like a like a like a. Perfect 10, a triple threat. Triple threat, perfect 10. There's so many. They just, they hit um, all my boxes. I'm trying to they, think of something that in the they theme. They rub me the right way. In the theme of this is how we feel. Good feeling? Feeling good, good movies? Good feelings. This is a super feeling, you know? Yeah. This, this makes me feeling real super. Super feeling? This is a super feels movie. Yeah. This put, this movie puts me in my super feels. Super bad, super feels. Um... This is one of the greats. One of the greats. F- That's it. That's what we're calling it. One okay. of the greats. <laughs> That's what's up. One of the greats. Ten. Ten, 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 episode, ten, 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 ten. Episode, what is it, seven? Seven. Episode seven. Oh, my God. That's, That's my number. That's perfect. That's your number. Oh, my God. Wow. Episode seven got our first perfect score. Well, Super feelings. Super bad. One of the greats. Oh, my Absolutely. God. Justin. And I feel no remorse saying that. Justin. 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 Ryan, 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 Ryan. How do you super feel? Girl. I don't think about this until it happens. 
I was enjoying this ride so much that I, I, I don't know how to put into words how I feel. Uh, so I, I don't want to say any words. I just want you to boop, boop, boop me on the nose. That's how oh, I feel. Okay. I feel like I just woke up and you have just saved me from the worst night of my life. And I couldn't be happier. And I don't need words to express how much I love you or I love this movie or how much I love my life. I just need a boop on the nose Aww. to know that everything's okay. Boop, 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 Justin. I'll give you those boops. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. That's so great. And, and I'll return it back to you and just ask, how you feeling, Ryan? Oh, you know, I was really engaged in this movie too. And like I said last week, I, I enjoy speaking from the heart. And um, I just want to say... Uh, uh, these eyes are crying. <laughs> These eyes, I've seen a lot of love, but they're never gonna see another one like I had with you. That's how I feel. I feel like these eyes just watched our first perfect ten. Our first, what are we calling it again? <laughs> one of the greats. Our first, our first of the greats. Our first I do feel one like of the we're greats. one of the greats right now. These eyes are never gonna find another love like I did. It was super bad. <laughs> Oh, you're crying. These eyes. These eyes. Oh, I'm crying. These eyes. Okay, and that was the episode. That was super bad. You can follow us at Rusty Ninja Studios. You can follow me at FireX11. Justin at Baby.J. You got anything else to plug? My baby, Baby J. Baby.J. Justin Vignes. Thank you guys so much for listening. It's one of my favorite movies ever. It's one of my favorite people. So if you guys are listening right now, you are also one of the greats. Thank you, thank you. One of the greats. And uh, and as always, um, chicka chicka yeah, fika dee, fika dee. <laughs> Good. I felt the harmony. Yeah.